So, uh, okay, let's uh, let's pray and we'll get rocking and rolling. My mind is very disheveled and it's for several different reasons, and so we'll just see what happens. So, uh, Father God, I love you, uh, Lord. You're uh, you're really good to us, uh, God. You provide uh, not only our needs, uh, but even the things that we desire and the things we don't even know that we yet desire. You just uh, continue to um, just make yourself manifest in our lives, and uh, God, I do pray that uh, we would just uh, reverence you uh, for that that you would just be uh, uh, Lord of our life, that you wouldn't just be uh, just a patch on Sundays or just when we need you, God, but I pray that we would just have a reliance uh, on you uh, day in and day out, that we would truly uh, worship you uh, day in and day out. And uh, God, I do pray for uh, just the Passpoint class, and uh, there's a lot going on. There's uh, people out for different reasons, and there's just a, a lot happening. We pray for the Barnes and um, the surgery for Hadley and uh, just the... Uh, just the stability uh, of Holly and Brady and their faith, Lord. And uh, there's just so many different things uh, happening. Everybody's got uh, life happening uh, in their own family. And uh, God, I do pray that uh, as we've stepped into a, a new year, that we would just be refreshed and uh, really just come in focused on you, that our minds would be um, just uh, ready to uh, just draw nigh to you, Lord. I pray that uh, we would be eager to get in your word daily and that we would just really... Um, uh, just draw uh, close to you, uh, Lord. It's just uh, um, it's really awesome just to be called sons of God, and there's just really no other way to say it. So, Lord, I do pray that you would just speak today, uh, Lord, that you would uh, put me out of the way, and that you would uh, just really reveal what you want said, and that it would come across clear and concise, and that you would just get the uh, the honor and the glory. I pray this all in Christ's name, Amen. Okay, so. I don't know how today's going to go. Um, I, I realized, I was thinking this earlier, and I was like, you know, today's going to be a little different than normal. And then I was like, I think I say that a lot. So I don't even know what normal really is, because I say that a lot. It's going to be a little different than normal. But I want to get back into the book of Romans. So a year ago, we started this study uh, in Romans. And so we made it through nine chapters last year, and I think that's a pretty good job um, patting myself on the back, because Romans is, uh, man, there's a lot there. And so... I want to take just a short amount of time, because I don't have a ton of time, uh, and just do a little bit of a review for our minds, because we've kind of taken the last month off and done some different things, and if you've missed the last couple weeks, uh, I do encourage you to um, get it either, you can get on Facebook and, and watch it, uh, the video, or you can get on the podcast on any of your podcast apps uh, on your phone uh, and look up HBF Passpoint, but the last couple weeks have really... Um, They've ministered to me, uh, and it, not that, not that teaching the word doesn't always, but it's really been good. God's given me some just some really I think rich things, and so uh, go back and catch those if you haven't, just to kind of get our minds on track for for 2021. But um, as you know, uh, and I hate to say that I called it, but uh, last week Brian started his uh, vision update for the year, right? His vision for the year. And he thought he was going to do it in a week. And I told you, he's going to stretch it into three weeks. And sure enough, you get in there last Sunday and he's like, so I'm going to make this three weeks. And I was like, you know, I, I love the guy. He's just, that's how he, and it's good. But anyway, just, you know, I've already told you, you know, kind of spoiler alert, but he wants to focus on obviously, you know, the body. But the goal is to get the gospel where it needs to go on time, right? And we as a church, want to do that. We desire to do that. Did it come through? Somebody changed my email password, so none of that email is coming through on my phone. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Somebody would be me. Sorry about all that. But anyway, uh, 
I totally lost my train of thought. Anyway, so the vision for this year is basically getting the word where it needs to go on time. And obviously we do that by having church, right? We do that by teaching the word. We do that by having discipleship. We do that by doing the things that we do here day in and day out, right? And it's not just Sunday to Sunday because this thing happens day in and day out. But we've got to be more intentional. And that's where he's kind of pushing. And, you know, we kind of talked about this the other day because it's like, I don't really like evangelism. Right? I'm not an evangelist. But if we're not evangelizing, then we're not getting it done, right? And so go back a couple weeks and, you know, God kind of really put it on me. If we're not, if we're not sharing what God's doing in our life to the people we're close to, why would we expect to go out and share it with somebody that we don't know? And that's where we're commanded to go, right? Jesus says, go you therefore and teach all nations. So anyway, if we're not at least sharing, hey, look look what I read today, or hey, this is what God's doing in my life, just to the people that we're close to, so you better start there, and then it'll expand. And so that's kind of the focus on what we're doing. And so as we get into Romans chapter 10... If you don't know, you're going to know. Romans 10 is, uh, I would, I would venture to say, and you know, we can ask Jesus when we get there, uh, more people over the span of time have gotten saved from Romans 10 than any other passage in the Bible, right? The gospel is more clearly laid out in Romans 10 than it is in any other passage in the Bible, right? And so generally, you know, I'm up here and I usually have, uh oh, she's, okay. Generally, I'm up here and I've got notes, and I usually have a bunch of stuff, and I have nothing today. I have absolutely nothing, um, because as I was trying to prepare for this, and you know, generally I give you a list because I like I like lists because they're tangible, and it's something you can go back and you can look back and hey, is this am I doing this this and this, or is this this and this working? And it works well for me, and so generally I have some sort of a list to kind of. I don't really have that today because I don't want to I don't want to muddy up what can be really basic. Right. Too often, and it's and it's okay. But too often, as we as we teach or uh, as you know as we preach or we do these different things, uh, we have to have all these different cross references, which are great. It's always good to know that scripture uh, supports scripture. But man, this passage stands on its own. If it doesn't, then there's a problem. And so I wanted to just be basically. You know, this is kind of from the heart, right? This is, and I'll walk through this, and I'll show you exactly what Paul's saying in in terms of doctrine and in terms of what's actually happening here. But then I want to circle back around, and then I'll walk through it in just the sense of this year is evangelism focused, and if it's not, then you've got a problem. And so, how many of you would say, "Man, I want to do better at sharing the gospel with with the people that I'm close to"? Man, we would all be like, "I want to." I, I, there are people in my life that I'm even close to that that aren't saved. And that's a burden to me, okay? And we're going to get into that. We know that, but how many of you are like, if I just was a little better at it, or if I just had the right words to say, or man, it's just like, I just, I can't come up with the thing, right? And I get it. You know, we've been to, not, this has nothing to do with us, but Paige and I have been to, to London on three different evangelism trips. And it's been a long time. I'm, I actually would love to go back, but... It's convicting because I go and we the, the purpose of the trip is to go on the high street and share the gospel and we do that. But then we come home and it's like, man, I'm not even doing that here. You know, and it's like that was I mean, that's really cool. Um, but if I'm not gonna do it here. And so don't think that I have all the right things to say, because I don't. Man, it's it's hard. You know, and we can go through evangelism courses and there's always tons of different things you can say, right? You can start with John fourteen six like we did when we were in London and hey, can I ask you a question? You know, who's Jesus to you? And there's there's always different ways to start a conversation. Right? There's all these different things. But Romans ten, the the, the first half of Romans ten, man, if you can get five minutes with somebody 
and I would implore you this to, this to be the passage you go to. If you can get, you know, it's it's one thing to be like, hey, can I ask you a question? You know, you have to basically, but if you can get somebody to at least sit down and like, hey, okay, I'll hear you out. Okay, if you've got five minutes, this is where we need to go. And so I want to walk through this because it really, I mean, I've known this and I've read this, but I've never put it all together. I always fast forward to the good stuff, right? I always fast forward to the passages that everybody really wants to get to, but it's literally the first part of this that can really change the way that you evangelize to somebody. And if you're like, I'm not really that good at it, well, by the time you leave, you ought to be like, okay, I can at least use that. And so before I get there, though, we we went through... Romans, right? We've been going through Romans, and I want to do slightly a little bit of review. And so obviously, the first few chapters of Romans, Paul puts everybody in the same boat of, hey, we're all, we're all lost, we all need a Savior, right? And so it doesn't matter if you're a black, white, brown, male, female, uh, any, it doesn't, he basically, he hits on, uh, everybody from all the way around. Go back and, and, and catch all that. But he, he puts us all in the same boat, and then he starts saying, oh, but you get to chapter 4, he's like, there's some hope. And he, and he builds on that. And so he goes through and, uh, uh, he, he starts basically saying, okay, but there is a way to the righteousness of God. And, and he plays that whole thing out. And I don't want to go back and, and really reteach any of that, but he builds that all the way up through chapter 8. And the, it, I've heard it said, and I've probably even told you guys this, but the first eight chapters, the first eight chapters, it's really the first 11 chapters, but we're going to talk about how 9, 10, and 11 are some, they're kind of on their own. The first eight chapters of Romans are basically what God can do for you. Right? What what can God do for me? And then when we get to 12 through 16, which is where we're going, it's what you can do for God. We've heard for probably a year plus of what God can do for us, how He can meet us, what He can do. But then when we get to 12 to 16, it's like, okay, now what can I do for God? Right? I know what God's done for me. What does He want me to be doing? Right? And so now you're thinking, okay, well, what about chapters 9, 10, and 11? Right? Well... Chapters 9, 10, and 11 in the book of Romans, and I'm not trying to get too technical, but they're kind of like a, a parenthesis in the middle of the book, right? And I'm not much of a writer, but sometimes when you're reading something and they put a parenthesis, you could take the parenthesis out and it would make sense. You could put the end of Romans 8 smack dab with the beginning of Romans 12, and you would never know that something was missing, right? And that's because Paul takes a little hiatus right in the middle, and he's like, but just for a second, we need to address... The Jews. For just for a second, we need to address the nation of Israel. And we talked several weeks ago about why that's important and, and all of that. But so anyway, chapters 9, 10, and 11, and that's where we're at, and it's very kind of technical, but uh, chapter 9 is kind of like the past of Israel. Chapter 10 is where Israel is at right now. Uh, and then chapter 11 is Israel's future. And so we find ourselves right here in the middle of. Chapter 10. Go back to chapter 9 and we talked about the, the sovereignty of God and we talked about some of them really uh, technical terms about election and predestination and you know the stuff that really gets people's uh, feathers all fluffed up. And go back and, and you, if you take your time going through it, it's very clear what Paul's trying to say. So that gets us to Romans chapter 10. And there's been a minute and we haven't really talked much about it, but Paul doesn't really mince words as he walks right into Romans chapter 10. This is the state that we find Israel right now. Right? This is where the Jews are even today. And this is what Paul's got to say in Romans chapter 10, even in verse 1. He says, brethren, he says brethren because he is a Jew. Right? He's talking to the Jews directly. My heart's desire and prayer uh, to God for Israel is that they might be saved. And 
Remember back in chapter 9? He pretty much says the same thing in the first few verses. My biggest burden in life is that, man, if they would just get saved. And I'm just going to read through this, and then I'll circle back around and kind of tell you what what Paul's going through. (laughs) Verse 2, For I bear them record that they have a zeal zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, but the man which doeth these things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of the faith, or which is of faith, speaketh on this wise. Say not in thy heart, who shall descend into heaven? That is, to bring Christ down from above. Or, who shall descend into the deep? That is, to bring Christ up again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is, the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith... Whosoever believeth in him should not be ashamed, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto uh, all that call unto him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We usually fast forward. We catch verses 9, 10, and, and 13 all the time. Man, if you haven't heard, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, right? A million times, man, something's wrong. And we know this. Like I told you, if I... I would venture to say that more people have been saved by the words just in these few verses alone than so many others put together because it's so black and white. It's so plain. right? But we understand that's what it means for us today, Gentiles. But what's Paul trying to say historically? So I want to take just a second and kind of walk through it and tell you what Paul's talking about. And like I said, I don't have notes because I want it to be as, as plain and simple as it can be. And then I want to circle back through and talk about Inspirationally, what are you going to take from it? Because, man, if you can't take the gospel from this and take it to somebody, then there's a problem. So, remember, because I don't have notes, it's kind of sporadic, but remember, Paul's burden for the Jews. Why? Because he is a Jew, right? Now, obviously, he got saved on the road to Damascus, and you know, they sent him, God sent him to the Gentiles, and he's been preaching to the Gentiles, but he's like, hey, my biggest burden isn't that you know people don't get it. My biggest burden is that my brothers, my, my, my kinsmen, the nation of Israel, that they don't get it. My biggest burden in life is, is not the fact that you know, I didn't do this or I didn't do that. My biggest burden is that they aren't saved. In chapter 9, he goes so far as to say that I would trade my own salvation for theirs. I want them to have it so bad. You have somebody in your life that's like, I wish they would understand it so bad that I would give up my life for theirs. Right? There's not a whole lot of people that, that, that we would say we would die for. Right? And Paul's like, I would do it for anybody in Israel. That's how important this is to me. right? And so he comes right back in chapter 10. He says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God is that Israel, that they might be saved. All I want for them is to be saved. But then he goes into why, right? He goes into the, the muddiness of their mind and why they're not, right? And so sometimes, and we'll get into this here as we circle back around, but sometimes getting somebody the gospel has to start with them understanding that they don't already have what they may think they have, right? Too often, you, hey, what do you think about you know Jesus? Oh yeah, you know I went to church when I was a kid, or you know my parents went to church, and hey, we have to understand a relationship with Christ doesn't come by piggybacking off of somebody else. It has to be personal. You know we understand that, and so he's like, man, I just want them to be saved, and he has to prove to them why they're not before he can show them that they need. 
He says, For I bear them record, he's like, I can I can speak on their part, that they have a zeal of God. Man, they're zealous. They have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Right? Have you ever met somebody that's really zealous to do something, but they have no idea what they're doing? And it, we used to deal with this sometimes uh, when I work. I mean, in, in in you know at work, man, man, they're zealous. They want to get out there and show somebody what they can do. But man, uh, when I worked uh, at, at the sand plant. Uh, I used to do all of the fabricating, right? And especially when things were down, it was like, just stay out of the way. we got to get things back going again. And we had this new guy come in, and uh, he had basically uh, told everybody, that, oh, yeah, I can do, I, I, can, I can weld, and I can torch, and I can do all that. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So uh, things are down, and we're like in a rush to get back going. And this guy, like, he just like comes in, and he's going to ramrod how we're going to do this thing. And it was just like... Oh man, you better stay out of the way because you ain't got a clue what you're doing, and all you're you're about to you're about to lose it, right? And one of the guys I used to work with would tell this story for years afterward. He's like, "Man, I thought I thought Jason was just gonna rip that torch out of that dude's hand." And like it was, and I don't even really completely remember, but I've heard him tell the story so many times. Sometimes people are zealous, like, "Oh man, I want to go, I want to do." Okay, what are you gonna do? Well, I don't really know, <laughs> right? But. Man, it's, it's kind of like, you know, we're zealous. You know, Brian says that we as Christians, we need to be ready to charge out with a squirt gun. You've got to be zealous, but you better have a plan for what you're going to do. They're zealous, but they ain't got no knowledge to go with it. That's what he's saying. They, but not according to knowledge, for they being ignorant. Now, notice the difference, right? I love the, the word ignorant because he doesn't say they're stupid. You know, I can say that. I feel like we're open enough here, right? He doesn't say they're stupid. Stupidity is... Knowing the right thing and still doing the wrong thing, right? Ignorance is just not knowing, right? Uh, I'm ignorant of a lot of things, right? I can hammer boards into nails all day long, right? I'm just a dumb carpenter, but I. But I think you hammer nails into boards. Whatever. I'm telling you, no. Right? Hey, just watch, right? That's 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 funny. It kind of brings back what my. My best friend in the Lord, uh, his dad would use screws. And as a kid, he tells me this story all the time. He's like, he would use screws and he would drive them in with a hammer. And he, and Tyler would like tell his dad, I think you're supposed to screw. He's like, the threads would take it out, son. Right? You drive it in with a hammer, the threads are there to take it out. And so, it's just something we laugh about all the time. But no, I can hammer nails into boards like that all the time. Right? But there's a lot of things I'm ignorant of. I, I, math, yeah, math is hard, right? Any of those kinds of things. That's why I got a calculator. There's a lot of. It's okay to be ignorant of something, as long as you're willing to admit that, hey, I just don't know, right? We can all use somebody in our life that wants to learn, not somebody who thinks they've all got it all figured out, right? Hey, I would love to have an apprentice come along that just wanted to learn, but it's too bad. Instead, they always want to tell you what they know. He says they being ignorant of God's righteousness. That's okay to not know God's righteousness. He says they're ignorant of it. The problem is they're going about to establish their own righteousness. Well, how do they do that? Well, just to fast forward and give you the end of the story, the nation of Israel does it by trying to keep the law. right? The Old Testament law. The nation of Israel says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to keep all these rules, which they don't really do that good of a job at it. I'm going to keep all these rules and that's going to get me to God. So they don't really know God's righteousness and they're going to try to establish their own righteousness and then here's the really key part. They have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Because really, to know God's righteousness is to submit yourself under it. To know God's plan for the world is to submit yourself to understand that it's not me. right? It, it, it kind of goes hand in hand. 
Verse 4, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Now, what does he mean by that? What does he mean that Christ is the end of the law? Right? Well, he means two different things. For one, for one, Christ is the fulfillment of the law. Right? We don't need a law because Christ was perfect. Right? But at the same time, the law is there when he says that Christ is the end of the law, the law is there to bring you to the point of realizing you need Christ. Right? The law isn't there for you to get saved and then say, okay, now we've got to keep all these rules for the rest of my life. Right? The law's not there for you to say, okay, now I'm saved, but you know, I've got to go to church so many times. And hey, being, being in the body of believers is awesome. It's not required. Right? You don't have to say the sacraments. You don't have to say so many Hail Marys. You don't have to live by all these rules and regulations. You might choose to do the right thing, but it's not because you have to. Christ is the end of the law. When Christ came, the law is now of none effect. The problem is the nation of Israel didn't get that memo, right? And they didn't get that memo because they didn't think he was Christ. But Paul, here he is. Christ has come and gone. And now Paul's here and he's like, hey, um, man, I really wish y'all would get saved. Because what you, you missed the you missed the Jesus boat. It's done come and sailed. And now you just have to accept him by faith. And instead, you guys are out here, you're, you're a bunch of tryhards, and you're not getting nothing done, right? You're trying to hammer boards into nails, because you can't do that, right? You're trying real hard, but you don't know because you're ignorant. That's what he's saying. You missed it. Christ was the end of the law. That the man which doth these things uh, shall live by them. Verse 6, But the righteousness, which is a faith, meaning the righteousness of Christ, the righteousness you will get if you receive Christ, the righteousness of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in my heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. What he's saying is, if you've got, if you've got faith in Christ, if you've got the righteousness that comes with faith in Christ, you're not trying to build a bridge because you understand the bridge is already built. That's what happens. Anytime I'm ever, and I'll probably talk about this when I circle back around, but anytime I've ever shared the gospel in length with somebody, I always try to use the analogy of, we understand that God is holy, right? Because if He's not holy and if He's not set apart, then He's not God. right? If there's any iniquity in Him, if there's any flaw in Him at all, then He's not really God. So we understand that God is perfect. Okay, yeah, God is holy. And we understand, these are things you have to establish if you're sharing the gospel. But you understand that, Okay, maybe you're pretty good, right? Maybe you're even better than me, but you're not that, correct? So if God is perfect and you understand that you're not that, maybe you're like just a step below. I'm way down here. That's fine. But but there's some sort of a there's some sort of a gap, right? And so that's pretty easy to establish with somebody. Yeah, God is perfect. Yeah, I'm not. Okay, so that means that God is here and you are here. So what are you going to do about it? Well, I don't know. And so this is what man does. This is what man in his own mind does. Not just American man, not just Indian man, not just you know anybody, right? Not just Hindus and, and we we try to somehow fill the gap. And so by doing that we try to say, Well, you know, I'm not really as bad as I thought I was. You know, I did a lot of good things, right? I I, I, I didn't cuss at my wife today, so I mean I'm, I'm a little better or whatever, right? We we try to make ourselves a little bit better. Therefore, elevating ourselves. And then at the same time, we're like, okay, so I made up some ground. How else am I going to make up some ground? 
I wonder if God's really as perfect as we think He is. So that's what we do. We say, I'm a little better than I really am. and Maybe God's not as good as He really... And we try to close the gap that way. And you can try that way your entire life. That's what Paul's saying right here. He's like, and you don't have the righteousness of faith? Because, man, you're trying to be like, but, but who can go to heaven and get God? Or who can go find a, a new Christ, right, in, into the deep and have a new one born? What he's trying to say is you're, you're trying to fill that gap. And we understand that the gap is only filled with the cross. Right? It's only filled through Christ Himself. Right? And that's like, that's like evangelism 101. But that's what Paul's trying to say here. He's like, man, I get it, Israel. You're zealous. Right? You've been keeping the law better than anybody. But the problem is the law has nothing to do with it. Law's come and went. Because Christ came and went. And so now there's a new something that has to happen here. Now there's, and, and by you trying to fill this void, it's never going to happen. That's what he's trying to say. He's, he's trying to make the case to Israel, you know, any of them that'll listen, because most of them are all, you know, they're all puffed up by now. And they're like, well, you don't know what you're talking about, Paul, because you're out there hanging out with Gentiles. You know, at least we're holy. And he's like, man, you don't get it. The law is gone. And so now you've got to, if you want any relationship with Christ, it's got to come through faith in Christ. That's what he's, he's trying to prove to them that maybe you're not as good as you might think you are. Because you have to show somebody that they don't have what they need before you try to give them what they need. Right? You know, any good salesman has to show you why you need what they're trying to sell you. Right? That's why I'm not a good salesman. Because I'm like, you can probably do without it. Right? Unless it's power tools. And it's like I'm trying to sell my wife. I'm like, hey, I need. This, this, I gotta have this now too. And man, did you know that they've got battery powered nail guns? Because right? they got battery powered back. Man, I'm telling you, they got battery powered nail guns. I don't even have to have an air compressor anymore. I'm like, come on. Like, I'm, I'm not there yet. But I, every good salesman has to prove why you need this thing, right? It'll pay for itself, babe. Well, not if you're buying something every week, it won't, right? Like, that's. That's the argument I have to make myself, right? Yeah, it'll pay for itself, but if I don't, not always. Okay, so one thing at a time, I guess would be the point. We can't just go buy it all at once. Paul's trying to show him, guys, there's a problem here. You're zealous, but you're zealous for the wrong thing. And there's a need here. So that's what he's done. Verse 8, but what saith it? The word is nigh, even in my mouth and in my heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. He says, hey, you can try all day long to fill this gap. You can try all day long to make your righteousness through the good things that you do. That's what he's telling the nation of Israel. He's like, but you know what you really need? You've already got it. What you really need is the word in your mouth and the faith that you have in your heart. He's like, you've already got it. What you need is already there. I'm not telling you that you've got to do anything different, Israel. I'm actually telling you that your life could be a little easier. All those like 700 rules that Moses wrote, you really don't have to keep all those. Like I'm telling you, you just need two things. You just need two things. The word is nigh, even in my mouth and in my heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. He's like, hey, okay, so here's, here's how this thing plays out. All you have to do, right, when you're sharing the gospel with somebody, all you have to do, you don't have to clean up, you don't have to be certain... Something, right? All you have to do is, verse 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You guys are trying too hard. All you got to do is confess that I'm down here and God's up here, and believe that God can make up that gap. That's it. Right? He's like, man, if you guys would just get it. If you would just get it. 
For with the heart man believeth. It doesn't say with your good intentions or you're cleaning your life up or you're, I'm going to be a better this or a better that or I'm going to... Okay, those things come post-salvation, right? For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth shall not be ashamed. Paul's like, man, you guys want to hold to the law? Go back. It says if you just listen to the Scripture, it says that you won't be ashamed. For there's no difference. Now this is where the red flag goes back up. For there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. And they're like, wait a minute. We're God's chosen people. We're better. Right? Paul's like, there is no difference between the Jews and the Gentiles. There isn't. For the same Lord is over all. Uh, is over, the Lord over all is richer than them that call upon Him. For who shall ever shall call upon the name of the Lord should be saved. Paul's like, man, it doesn't matter. you got to get this, Israel. you got to get that you're not really that special anymore. God's got a plan for you in the future, but you missed it. So at this point, you better just get saved and understand that, hey, your brothers now are Gentiles, and that's all right. So that's what Paul's trying to say. And, and we'll probably circle back around and, and get some actual kind of teaching points from this next week. But it, man, this passage is too basic. This passage is too practical. And I wanted to show you what Paul was trying to say. But man, in the time I got left, which is like seven or eight minutes, this should be your evangelism passage. Now I understand if you're in the elevator with somebody, you ain't got this much time. You're just like, hey, uh, what happens if you die today, right? Or however you go about a quick uh, salvation. But the point here is... Something's going on with the phone, I guess. Page. <laughs> All right, well, whatever. I'm not concerned. Should have been here. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You, you can... Yeah, you can listen uh, on the podcast or whatever. But if you ever get somebody to sit down, and and you're like, I don't, I just wish I was a little better at evangelism. I wish I had the right thing to say. I know the Romans road, right? I know that you can piece all these different things together. But if you're like me, sometimes it's better just to have one passage. Like I get it, you can flip around, and we know the Romans road, and I have it written in my Bible. Go here, go here, go here, and it shows, you know, and and those are good things to know. Sometimes it's best to have one passage, right? And so. If you get a chance to sit down with somebody, this should this should be one of your go-tos, right? This should be so. Just back up to verse one, brethren. My heart's desire and prayer for who? Who in your life is? Who is your heart's desire and prayer that they would get saved? Man, if you ain't got somebody, there's a problem. There should be somebody that you're just burdened. It's like, man, I just wish this person would get it, right? Whoever it is. And if you're sharing the gospel with somebody, man, just tell them, hey, you know what? You know what my desire is? Is that you would get saved. Why? Not because I get crowns in heaven for it. Because, man, if you only knew what was coming. And it doesn't matter. If Paige and I are working altar and somebody raises their hand and we go to the library to share the gospel with them, right? Actually, I've, I've never, I've, I've actually went and shared the gospel with several people working the altar. I've never seen somebody get saved right there. Maybe it's because I don't push very hard. But, man, I don't want to push somebody into salvation. But I'll show them the truth. Right? But... My desire and prayer for them, Mike, hey, here it is. My desire and prayer is that you might be saved. Right? It, whoever it is, you're sharing the gospel. You need to be saved. Why? Here's why. Right? Because now we have to prove to you that you're not as good as maybe you think you are. Why do you need to be saved? Mom, why do you need to be saved? Dad, or whoever it is in your life, friend, neighbor, why do you need to be saved? Here's why. Because I'll bear record that, man, you're zealous. You're really zealous. But... Not according to knowledge. You go to church, 
Right? You've been to church. You went to church as a kid. Right? You heard the gospel. You know all about Jesus, but you don't know him. Right? You know all about him, but he doesn't know you. You're zealous, but not according to knowledge. You have to sometimes, and I hate to be this way, but sometimes you've got to prove to somebody that they're not saved before you can give them the, give them the gospel. Because, I mean, shoot, we're Americans. We're all saved, right? We're all Christians. No. Man, that's not at all. Not at all. You know, we have to prove that you're not. Go to 1 John. The, first, the book of 1 John is written so that you can know that you can know that you can know that you're saved or that you're not. Right? It's very proof. There's proofs of salvation. You either are or you aren't. If you are, these things are going to be manifest in your life. If you're not, these things won't be manifest in your life. It's very practical. Man, I'll bear record that you've, you've got a zeal of God. Man, you're here at church on Sunday, so you've got a zeal, but not according to knowledge. You just don't understand. Right? If you get a chance to actually sit down and share the gospel with somebody, this should be practical. I understand you're zealous. You're listening to me. There's a zeal for you to want to know more. You just don't know. You don't have the knowledge, and that's okay. That's okay. It goes on to say, for they, for you, being ignorant of God's righteousness, it's okay to be ignorant. Just don't be stupid. Right? It's okay to not know God's righteousness. Just don't know it and not do it. So it's okay. You're sharing the gospel with somebody. Hey, it's okay that you don't know all the ins and outs of this whole Christianity thing. I wouldn't expect you to. I didn't. I never went to church in my life, right? Christmas and Easter, sometimes, when I was a kid. Right? I didn't know. I was ignorant of it. I didn't know God's righteousness. But I was going about, just like you're sharing the gospel, you're going about to establish your own righteousness because that's what we do. Well, at least I'm going to be a good person. Right? I, I love my wife. Uh, you know, I... Whatever, I'm good to my neighbors, right? I help them mow their grass sometimes. Or, you know what, all these different things. We go about to establish our own righteousness. And this is practical. You should share the gospel like this. Like, I get it. You don't know God's righteousness. So what have you done your entire life? You've went about to at least be good enough. That's okay, right? Because, shoot, I'd rather you do that than go out and live like hell. So, yeah, you went about to establish your own righteousness, but it goes on, but you have not submitted yourself to the righteousness of God. Okay, so that's where it really boils down. You didn't know God's righteousness. You've lived your life trying to be good enough. But at some point, something has to change. At some point, you have to submit yourself to God's righteousness. Oh, what is that? Right? So, just being good isn't good enough? No. And so that's when you've established God is holy, you're not, and that's okay. But what are you going to do about it? You've established now, as you're sharing the gospel, that God's perfect and you're not, and that's all right. Because He's got a plan, right? And so now you've kind of got them in a predicament. Like, a decision has to be made. And I'm not going to make it for you, but here's the deal. Now you know. Before you were ignorant. Now you know that God's righteousness is different than yours. So now, as you're sharing the gospel, now it's like, okay, the ball's in your court. What are you going to do about it? Right? And that's, that is what evangelism is. It's not about, hey, you should just do this because I said so. No, you should do this, and here's why. Because God's perfect, and I, I know you've tried, and that's awesome, but now you realize that you're not completely perfect. I'm not saying you're, like, horrible, but now you know that your righteousness and God's righteousness, they don't match up. Right? And so now we have to figure out what to do. And so at this point, you'll either see them completely glazed over, which happens a lot, and that's okay. Right? Because Jesus says just wipe the dust, <laughs> wipe the dust off and walk on. It's not your job to get them saved. It's your job to get them the gospel. But then there's other times where you'll see, you'll see the light bulb come on in somebody's life, in their mind, and they're like, oh my God. So God is perfect and I'm not. What do I need to do? 
What do I need to do? Well, don't stop there. Right? You can't stop there. That's where you have to keep going. He goes on to say, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness' sake. Man, Christ came and He took care of all that. He took care of the fact that you don't have to try really hard to be good. You don't have to be you know, just good enough and have to present your case before God. Right? You don't have to because Christ came and there was an end of the law. Right? There's hope. And now the person who's like, oh my gosh, so I don't have to work even harder to be righteous with God? Oh, okay. Right? So you're, you're establishing the fact that not that, hey, you're bad and God's good and you need to try harder. You're establishing the fact that Christ already did it. Right? Now you're letting them off the hook. Now you're saying you don't even have to try as hard as you were trying. Right? Because there's an easier way. For Moses describeth the righteousness of the law, but, uh, but uh, that the man that doeth these things shall live by them. The same thing. You're like, hey, we live in a world where people are like, you just have to be good. You just have to do this. You don't have to do this. You have to do this. You've got to go to church. You've got to do this. You don't have to do any of those things, man, because Christ took care of all that. You don't have to, uh, you know, verse 7 and 8, you don't have to try to bring God's righteousness down or make yourself better. You don't have to do those things. You're, you've, show, you've showed them the worst news to start with. God's holy and you're not really that holy. But now you start to let them off the hook. Right? You start to... But you don't have to do all that. You don't have to try even harder. You don't have to be even better. You don't have to do... Man, and so now they're like, so you're telling me that God's perfect, I'm not. There has to be a way... And the way is not by me working even harder, right? It's not like me that's like, okay, so at the end of the month I need this much money, and right now I've got this much money, I gotta make up this gap. So it sounds like I'm going to work a whole lot, right? <laughs> that's how man thinks. I gotta work harder to get there. No, you're letting them off the hook. You're like, hey, guess what you're gonna need? Guess what you're gonna need to fill the gap? Verse, verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. Everything you need to fill this gap, you already have. You don't have to like clean up. You don't have to sober up. You don't have to get off drugs. You don't have to quit doing all the sin. Right? Those things will come. Those things will come because conviction will come. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to clean up to come to God. God will meet you where you're at and get your goal. Everything you need, you already have. Well, what do you mean? It's right there. Do you have a pure heart? Are you able to speak? <laughs> There's only a few times where people aren't able to speak. Are you able to speak? Yeah, yeah, okay. You've now put them in a position to hear what we fast forward to. Instead, we're like, yeah, you need to get saved. Why? Well, if you'll just confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, confess what? If you don't back up and share why they need to confess then it never makes sense. But if you take five minutes, and I know I've taken more than five minutes, but if you take a few minutes and just explain to them why they're not as good off as they think they are, then verse 9, 10, and 13 make a whole lot more sense. You've got everything you need to fill the gap. Well, what is it? If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Man, it, can you say that I believe that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again the third day? Do you believe that? Yeah. Right? I, it's hard to comprehend, but yeah. I mean, if you're saying it, it's in the book, and yeah, I believe it because, right? Yeah. That's all you got to have, man. That's all you got to have. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. It's not your good works. It's you believe here, you confessed here. That's it. And people, I'm telling you, people are like, that's, that's really it? Yeah, that's really it. Because you don't have to be good because God was already good for you. Right? 
And, and there's time to go back and explain all those things. And too often, our evangelism gets muddied up with trying to go here, 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 and here, and you know, God was perfect because of this. Like, I get it. We need to know those things, but sometimes it just has to be simple. Stop trying so hard because God tried hard for you. Like, I, that's just as simple as it is. It's here, and it's here, and that's it. It's in the heart, it's in the mouth, and that's it. And I thought I was going to have to, but I just, I'm telling you, the day I got saved, I didn't really know what salvation was. I just know that I stumbled into this church, and the dude was preaching at me, and I was convicted, and I'm like, all right, fine. Like, like if, if Jesus, if, if you're all that they say you are, you can have it. You can have all this life, because I'm tired of trying. I'm tired of trying so hard. You can have it. And man, I'm, I'm telling you, salvation doesn't have to be pretty sometimes. I, I, I've told you guys, sitting in the truck at a stop sign, right out here by the Walmart Distribution Center, like, I, was, I just couldn't do it anymore. Like, I had heard enough to know I believed here and I said it here. That's all it has to be. For with the scripture, for the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, right? You're just as good as anybody. For the same Lord over all uh, is rich into all the, uh, all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord should be saved. And more people have gotten saved from this passage. But if you back up, and evangelism would make more sense. Okay? And so I'll, I'm going to circle back around next week and hit this a little bit better. And But I, I wanted just to be transparent. Like this is just off the cuff because that is what evangelism should be. It shouldn't be practiced or this, that, or the other. It should just simply be, this is what the Word of God says. What are you going to do with it? Right? This is what the Word of God says. What are you going to do with it? And you've got to make it real in their life. And so that's what I got. Sorry, I'm over time. Uh, we got to get rolling, but uh, let's pray and we'll get out of here. He knew I was going to go over time. Well, why am I laughing? Like that's just how it is. Okay, if you guys wouldn't ask so many questions, it wouldn't happen. So, all right, let's pray. Father God, I love you, Lord. I thank you for just the truth of your word. It's really awesome, uh, Lord, just to know that uh, you are uh, exactly what we need all the time, uh, God. And your word is just is right there uh, on our lips, Lord. It's just. Uh, it's it's so easy to share, and I pray that you would give us a zeal to share it with those who are around us, those who were burdened for, right? Who our hearts desire and prayer that they would get saved for, Lord. And sometimes the the worst uh, uh, the worst roadblock is ourselves. So I pray we would just get out of the way and we would let the word of God speak. Uh, Lord, I pray you just send us out this week as lights uh, in a dark world that you get the honor and the glory from our lives. That you would just uh, let it use us uh, to shine the light, uh, and that we would be manifest uh, as sons of God. Uh, Lord, I just thank you for everything you're doing. I pray for Pastor Randy, Pastor Jim. Everybody's got things going on. Lord, I pray for uh, Ann and uh, Lord, I pray for the Barnes twin or the Barnes uh, family, uh, Lord and Hadley, and just everything that's going on. Um, Lord, I pray you continue to keep us safe, uh, Lord, and uh, just uh, get the honor and the glory from our lives in Christ's name.